All right, y'all, welcome to your second elective, Living at the Pace of Being Known. So um, I'm going to explain what that is in a little bit, um, but I first wanted to tell you guys a little bit about me so you don't just know who this random ginger is in front of you. Um, so my name is Greg, Greg Meyer. Gregory is my full name. Um, yeah, <laughs> my new nickname. But uh, I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. I grew up there, became a Christian when I was 16, so... Um, Getting to spend time with you guys means a lot to me. Um, I want you guys to hear and know what I was missing for a long time. You know, as, and it was, teen years are hard for me, but um, you know, I want to pass on to you what I was what I was really looking for. And so um, I'm glad I get to be here with you guys. Um, I'm one of the pastors at Covenant uh, Presbyterian Church in St. Louis, Missouri, and the youth pastor there. And um, been there about four years. Before that, I lived in Jackson, Mississippi, and. Uh, my wife is actually from Jackson, Mississippi. Her name is Mary Jane. Um, we've been married almost nine years, and we have three boys, three sons. Uh, Gray is about to turn six. Davis is about to turn three, and Wit is nine months old. They're really fun, and so when I'm here, I get to sleep a little bit better, maybe, <laughs> unless y'all keep me up, um, but a little less disturbed, so um, that's really fun. So I heard, uh, so that's a little bit about me. I'm really glad to be with you guys. And this, what I'm going to be teaching and talking about is something that really means a lot to me. Um, how to learn to live at a slower pace, walking with God and with each other. Actually knowing each other well, knowing God. And um, just maybe feeling a little less anxious. A little less depressed because I, you know, we're embracing a pace that is actually makes sense for how we were made. And so this is really something that means a lot to me. We're going to be looking at one kind of documentary a little bit, a part of it yesterday or tomorrow. Um, <clears throat> and it's called Godspeed. And I'm going to explain kind of what that means. But um, this means a lot to me. I, I, I went through kind of a study on that with uh, two of my friends who are my age. And uh, kind of helping us learn how to do this a little bit. So I'm excited to share it with you. Um, so we got Memphis. And we got College Station represented. Is that it? Are we gonna, where? Nolan. Nolansville. Where's that? Uh, it's in, right beside Arrington. Is it in Texas? No, it's in Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay, cool. And we got Austin, Texas. It's just true. UT. Jackson. Awesome. Jackson? That's right. There we go. But you're a Tennessee fan. Yeah. I'm confused. Okay. We'll roll with that. Look at him. He's, 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 he's bright orange. Of course he is. Um, yeah. So, um, also this week, you guys um, get the benefit of this, but I'm going to be giving away books for answering questions. And you guys, so we'll give away. Um, huh? Sure. Oh, wait, this is the wrong stack. Uh, this is the stack for you guys. So you get two each day. There's different questions each day. Um, if you win a book, then you can't win another book. But you can trade and stuff. But there's, there's like, these three. The yeah, absolutely. All right, so here's the three books. So the first one is um, The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. It's really, I think, a sermon by a guy named Tim Keller. They turned into a little booklet. It's super short, easy to read. But you know that, you know that feeling when you're, you're like playing a sport or you're playing a game and you're just like in the zone? You don't think about anything? Yeah, this is how, talking about how the gospel helps us to live like that, just in general. Living in the zone where we're not thinking as much about ourselves. We're 
thinking about. We're in the zone. We're, so we're living for the Lord. Um, so that's one book. Uh, this other one's called The Book of Books. This is about how to read the Bible. Book of Books? The Book of Books. The Bible. Yes. Book of Books. So this, that's what this is called. It's, it's a short guide to how to read the Bible. Maybe you're like me and have struggled at times to know how to read the Bible. Um, this is a short one that helps you kind of think about how to do that. And something maybe you go through with a youth leader or something like that. Um, and by the way, the reason I've given away books is, um, you know, we're the church and as Christians, God uh, not only revealed himself in the world that he made, but he also reveals himself in the Bible, which are words. And so words are really important and reading is really important. And uh, not only reading the Bible, but reading good books. And so we want you all to have those. Um, this last one is called This Changes Everything, How the Gospel Transforms the Teen Years. So this is written by a teenager, two teenagers. Uh, her name is Jaquel Crow. And she was basically saying, this is what I, the book I wanted to read about how the gospel, the good news of Jesus, changes the way you might look at or live the, the, the teen years. And so this is another really great book. So this is the way it's going to work. You cannot raise your hand until I finish the question. And I'll do my best to nab the first person. And if you get the right answer, you get the book. And you get to pick which one you want. Sounds good? All right, first question. You ready? Oh, you found a worm. Beautiful. All right, here's the first question. What does RYM stand for? I, didn't, I think I saw her. You got it. All right. That would go raise your hand literally the same time. I knew you finished. Okay, here's the second question. I'm going to keep my eyes up. Let's make sure I get it. All right. What is the main speaker's name? John Trapp. is interesting. So the other class took both of these, and y'all took both of those. Fascinating. Okay. So that's that. Also, you guys use Spotify? Yeah. Okay. Spotify is, well, we'll talk about that later. Um, so I made a playlist to go along with this class. If you guys want to look it up, it's called, just if you want to download it or add it or whatever, it's RYM, Living at the Pace of Being Known, and it's just got some music that kind of gives a flavor for... So that's the playlist. Yep. RYM. This, I know, very creative. That's what I got. But it, um, it's got some songs that kind of uh, talk about our struggle to live God's speed as well as what it kind of maybe might feel like to do that. So um, if you guys want to check it out, I'm a big music guy, and so hopefully that'll be fun for you as well. But let me pray for us, and we'll jump into our time together. Uh, let's, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this break um, to be away at, at uh, RYM. We thank you for everybody who makes these weeks, these weeks possible. And we pray, Father, that um, we would um, enjoy ourselves, but also spend time um, reflecting on you. And may that be another kind of enjoyment this week, um, to meet with you and to get to know each other even better um, and to move at a maybe a slower, more healthy pace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all. So up front, I wanted to tell you all our goal. What are we trying to do? Um, in our time together. Well, there's three parts of this goal. The first thing, and this is what we're mainly going to do today, is reflect on our speed. What's the speed at which we live our lives now? Um, and I want you guys to typically be thinking of during the school year because summer's kind of like a weird other time, right? Um, most of the time you're all in school. So what is it like to live at the pace we live most of the time? Um, let's think about this and what, what we're doing. Um, but then the second thing is to explore what I'm, we're calling God speed, moving at the pace that God moves. 
Yes, it is. It's absolutely hard. But we're going we're gonna to try to figure it out together. And so we're going to explore that a little bit in our time. And then our third goal is to take this and apply it back home. So that we can take some of these ideas of God's feet and maybe alter the way we live. Um, by God's grace, empowered by His Spirit, be able to live more at God's feet. And so that's our goal. That's our plan for our time. Um, and to help us to start reflecting on um, what it means to live or, or the speed we live at, we're going to watch this music video um, by a guy named Moby. It's called Are You Lost in the World Like Me? This came a couple of years ago. And I just want you to, to, to experience it, and then we're going to kind of process it together, okay? So I'm going to set it up, and we're going to play it.
a lot going on there and a lot of kind of heavy, sad stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's process it a little. Let's process it a little together, okay? Um, <clears throat> what are some of the things you saw that, that stood out to you from the music video? Yeah, they locked like a cage. Yeah. What did, were you gonna say? Yeah. Why was she? Why was she so sad and, and up there? Yeah, she was like dancing, and they thought she danced funny, and they kind of had on like a YouTube type thing and laughing at her. Yeah. What would you? People like judge people on how the way they look. Well, like, which one are you? Which part are you thinking about? The girl she was like scrolling through. And she yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's like, I don't like you who's in front of me. I'm going to choose somebody else I like more. Did you, did you have something? No. Okay. Anybody else? What stood out to you? Was there any other situations or images? What were you going to say? That you could kind of tell that the mood was depressing by the color scheme, but it was only black and white. Oh, that's smart. Very good. And did you know, what type of music was it? Well, what genre of music? Well, it's, it's like electronic. electronic. It's like not it's analog. Not like, you know, it's it's. You can't really understand what they were saying. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the only thing I could understand was like, are you lost? In it's the not. It's it it feels more like processed music, right? So less human, less organic. And then you notice that was really good eye. It was all black and white, lacking color. Yeah. What else did you see? Yeah, nobody was really aware or caring. Which scene stood out to you about that was like that? When the, when the boy tries to get everybody's attention at, like, the, at the restaurant. Place, mm -hmm. like, Shaking them, they're not moving. Yeah. Yo. Um, when he was just like standing at the train, in the train, he was like, um, they were all they weren't paying attention to what the guy was doing to the lady. Mm -hmm. He was like thinking that was wrong, but he's too small to help at all. And they were all like sucked into their phones and they couldn't do anything. Yeah, because we might think that the little boy who's kind of the main character is like different. He is kind of trying to be different than everybody else. He's more like an observer, but he he ha he struggles with it too, right? Being present because he sees this girl getting harassed. And he imagines, he says, like, well, I should go, like, stand up for her. But he's too scared to do that. He doesn't act. But he's also, like, really small. So he's also really small. Might be, maybe that may have been part of it, too. But he's even influenced and affected by the disconnection, right? He's even participating in it. Yeah. How we grow up with, like, everything like that around us mm -hmm. every day. That's just what we think is normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's there's a, the reason this is a little hard to watch is because we see parts of that in us in our world, right? It's not just a cartoon. Some of that stuff happens, right? Some of, we do some of that stuff, and that's really hard to, to think about. Did you have your hand up or somebody? No. Um, absolutely. How did it make you feel? What emotions were going on inside you? So scared, a little, a little creeped out. You, a little bit guilty. Guilty. Why do you feel guilty? Because I can see parts of me in that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially the, the theme of phones and devices throughout mm -hmm. is a big part of that. Um, did, were you guys going to say something else? How did, did you say something earlier? How does it make you feel? I, I thought it made me feel like I'm, I'm guilty. Like, that's mm -hmm. me. That's you. 
Was there a certain part that made you feel guilty? Specifically? No. no just the whole thing? Gotcha. Um, did it make any of you feel sad? It makes me feel really sad. Yeah, like the, that, that sometimes people actually do what the girl was doing. Well, hang on, hang on, one at a time. You go, and then It was just kind of making me feel sad because people actually do what the girl was doing. She was, like, committing suicide. Like, people actually do that. It's, not, it's not just like they didn't do anything to help her, and she was there. They just took it Yeah, it was just a spectacle for them. It was like another thing on the news, you know, or it was just another thing to post about or talk about, right? Mm-hmm. Not a person. Yeah, David, we're... Yeah, David. Like, so it made me feel like a little bit uncomfortable Ooh, so there's the shame of it, right? Like, I feel ashamed that I do that, and I want to hide, and not, I don't want people to see that I do that, too, right? All right, what were you going to say? Oh, man. Yeah, did you see the, what was the, the words, the little phrase that was throughout the video? Did anybody catch it? These systems are failing. So what do you think that means? What, do you, what are they trying to say about that? Yeah, so phones. The way we're, the systems in our lives, the structures in our lives not working. They're not getting us where we want to be, right? Like, having conversations or doing anything. They're all, like, and people don't really, like, my dad, we were just talking about this before, like, at home. People, like, they're rude sometimes, and they don't even, like, consider other mm-hmm. people's, like, opinions, but but it's mostly on social media because they don't know the consequences of it. They're just mean. Yeah, and, and you guys in your generation have to be especially careful of this because... Oh, because just the way the world is, y'all are learning how to talk to each other through text and through social media. When you can't see each other's face, and so when you say something, you don't know if you actually, you don't, can't always tell if you hurt somebody, right? Or you maybe been hurt, and maybe the other person didn't mean to, but they don't know. And so it's really hard to learn some of those, it's harder to learn those interactions when you're spending a lot of your communication time through a phone or a game, gaming console or something like that. Um, the, the systems are broken, the, the phones and the apps and the busyness and all of it is not getting us where we want to be. Yeah, what were you going to say? When the systems are broken, it's not just the phones, it's causing us to be broken too. Amen, that's right. Right on, brother. Um, it's, it's affecting us. So this is a way to kind of get us to think about our, how present are we? Um, in the place, the, the physical, local place we're at, and how, uh, what pace are we moving in life? Um, and so what I want you guys to do is, is we, um, we're, the group, we're a size where we can, I think, just talk about this all together. But I want you to spend a minute or two thinking and writing, maybe writing to yourself, kind of thinking about these questions. What is your speed? Describe your speed. And think about during the school year because summer's kind of a weird time, right? What is the speed or pace of your life like? And then, how do you feel about that? Um, how does that, um, how do you feel about your ability to be present with God and others at the pace you're going? How do you feel about those things? Just take a minute or two, reflect to yourself, and then we'll, we'll share a little bit together. All right, let's share a little bit. What, um, what about this first question? How would you just, what are some words you would use to, or phrases you just describe the pace of your life? Yeah. Distract. Distracted. Mm-hmm. Scattered. Scattered. Too fast. Too fast. Do you recognize it's, it's faster than you should go, maybe? Fast, because I always have things going on all the time. Yeah, we got something next. Rush. Rush, so you're not able to give the attention to what you're doing. Yeah. I was going to say 
Oh, yeah. It's hard to step back and just be aware of, of that and him. Yeah. Stressful. Stressful. Why do you feel stressed? Um, just getting everything done and, like, just, like, staying with God. Yeah. So, like, feel, like, overloaded. Like, I'm, I'm doing probably more than I can feel like I can handle. Well, I'm distracted. Did you guys have one? No. Absolutely. Um, how does how do you feel about that? What kind of emotions? Yeah. Like I'm not really there. Yeah. I'm just like trying to fix all this stuff, like do all my own work, finish my project before school starts again. I don't have time to actually sit down and talk with my friends or pray or anything. Yeah, just kind of step back, kind of in the background. It's feeling. Yeah. So maybe feel a little guilty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm so busy that I maybe maybe some of the more important things, or at least the things that I say are important to me, are not happening. But the thing, but I'm just keep running to the next thing. Yeah. Um, I would say that. Do you feel like a little bit of ashamed, like I'm not quite enough, I'm not measuring up? Yeah. Um, does it make any of you feel angry? Yeah. How does it make you feel angry? Yeah, it's not right. There's something like you. Do we realize that? Hey, maybe th- there's this is not the way it's supposed to be. Maybe. Does it make you feel angry? Well, kind of, but it also makes me feel kind of like stress and rush and not really like time to do anything with my family or my friends or, eat or like not even like I can't I don't even really have time <coughs> so you're to d- be alone with God mm-hmm. and it's like because I'm always like doing something or another or having to do this or having to do that and like I'm it's just rushing to change it and it's not like I, whenever I try to change it it always goes back to mm-hmm. what I so maybe a little frustrated, um, disappointed, anxious, some of those things. Yeah. Um, well, I think there's, there's two big kind of reasons, like um, problems behind why we get this way. And when I say postmodern here, um, two pervasive postmodern problems. This is kind of like the culture of the day we live in where we're told like that, you know, there is nothing that's absolutely true. Like you do you. That's kind of that idea. Of whatever's true for you is true for you, and whatever's true for me is true for me. There's nothing that's absolutely true, because that's the yeah that kind of stuff. So um, that uh, leads to a couple different problems. You probably heard of these. First one's FOMO. Y'all heard of this before? A fear of missing out. Maybe heard that phrase before? Yeah, yeah. We see this in a lot of ways. Of there's there's to be something else I could be doing that's better than the thing that I am doing, or the people that I could be with that I'm not with. That might be more advantageous for me to be with socially or whatever. Um, and we can constantly be feeling this anxiety of I'm not doing what I need to be and I'm not in the place that I'm supposed to be. And so we're never able to actually be present where we are and with the people we are with. Because we're always thinking about the thing that we ought to be doing or the people we ought to be with. And it's this constant cycle of anxiety that we find ourselves in. This is, this is even just amped up by... Um, Social media in our in our phones, right? Like when you have, like when you let's say that you're with your relatives, you're so 
so busy, you're so busy on your phone saying, I'm not with these people. Yeah, like, like look what my then, friends are doing right now. Come, you're like, oh wait, I'm not with these people. Then you have to like, and then you're not even spending time with the people in person that are at, that are with you. You're busy yeah. with the people. And then you end up missing out on all of it, right? You miss all the people. And it's really hard. Mm-hmm. And I've got an, another one, YOLO. You know what that means? Oh, you guys know that one. The, the other class was, was opposite. They knew that one, but not this one. So you only live once, which can be two different types of YOLOs. There's the one where you're about to go cliff diving. You're like, you only live once. And you jump off because it's like you're going to do all the fun things before you die. But then there's the other side of YOLO that's you only live once. So you have every, to do everything. You have to do everything right. And you have to do all the right things. You only get one chance to make it or break it. We even see this on the television shows, you know, like all the, the like the um, American Idol, The Voice, like you, this is your moment, and if you miss your moment, your life is just over, right? And we feel that pressure about everything, every class, every test, every tryout, every game, all of it, every post, and it's and it's the same kind of cycle of debilitating anxiety where I can't be where I am with who I am and be content with. That, being content with my limitations, my God-given limitations. And so we're, these two problems are in the background of everything we face. And um, I want to show you all another little clip here. Are you guys okay going a little bit past time? spaceship and um, this is him trying to find Eve as he's running around the spaceship
the same kind of themes like absent in the present not aware of the place you know they're in their little pods with their screens not aware of where they are they're actually in space they're not even in earth and yeah yeah he was like nobody was helping this guy when he fell and it would end up being wally and wally's trying to connect with these with folks yeah i think you're right um and that you know it's even affected their bodies they, they've been so inactive that they're they're not able to really even help them get them to pick themselves up from falling and uh you know food food is in a cup all the time you know everything's about what you buy and what you own even the kids are being taught and indoctrinated with that exactly so it's that same kind of thing the fomo the yolo being absent in the present there's another thing that's going on here this ache this ache, this longing within us. Um, and it's called uh, nostalgia, this longing for home. This ache to turn back home, to find this greater, this, this place where we belong, where things are the way they're supposed to be. And you even kind of see that in Wally because they're not at, at Earth. They're out in space, and the, the whole goal was for them to be able to go back. But, you know, you have to watch the rest of the movie to figure that out. Um, but this ache to turn back home, as Anthony Eastland describes it, or as C.S. Lewis describes it, this unconscious unconsolable longing in the heart for what we know not what. Let me say that again. I didn't do it very good. <laughs> the inconsolable longing in the heart for we know not what. That ache for this place where we're supposed to be. Maybe we even experience that a little bit when we have the FOMO, the YOLO. But C.S. Lewis also describes it as that unnameable something, a desire for which pierces us like a sword or like a rapier at the smell of a bonfire. No, you don't have to write down any of it unless you want to. Uh, the sound of wild ducks flying overhead, a good book, a good poem, morning cobwebs in late summer, or the noise of falling waves. Maybe when you're at the beach and you see the sunset, there, you see something beautiful and there's this ache, there's this longing for home, a greater home. And the scriptures tell us that's the new heavens and new earth, the kingdom of God that is made full, where we look forward to. We have this great ache. We're in this tension where we have this um, 
great longing but no direction. We're absent in the present as we've been talking about. We lost a sense of place. We lost a sense of knowing each other. Well, how do we get here? And that's where the scriptures kind of give us some information, some help. And if you guys want to flip to your Bibles real quick, go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. So I'm, I'm assuming that you guys know a little bit already about that God created the world in six days and then rested. Genesis 1 and 2 made man and woman, Adam and Eve, on the sixth day. And chapter 2 is kind of zooming in on that sixth day. This is right before Eve was created. And, um, and God is uh, describing what um, Adam's job is. Made in God's image and here and he's in the garden. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. So, Adam, who is the firstborn of creation... He's the first man, and he is uh, placed in the garden to take care of the garden. He's like the first priest in the first temple to make sacrifices and offerings to the Lord. And uh, eventually he'll have Eve joining him in that as, um, as his helper, as his wife. Um, and they're naked and not ashamed. There's, there's this fellowship and communion with God. One pastor put it this way. Scott Moore says, they were with God in a place loving people like crazy. That was what the world was supposed to be like. That's what it was designed to do. They would be with God intimately, walking with him, living closely with him. Because there's no sin. There's no separation, alienation, brokenness. There's no, nothing of that. They're in a local place. They're in this garden. They're in a local place. They have limitations physically. And their job was to love each other like crazy. To love people like crazy. To be fruitful and multiply. And to take care of the garden. To take care of the earth. The place that they were, they were put in. That's how things were supposed to be. But we know from Genesis 3 that things went greatly wrong when Adam and Eve broke the command God gave them not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And after they do that, God comes looking for them. And this is what he says in chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. And Adam and Eve heard the sound of the Lord uh, God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and he said to him, where are you? So the response to their sin is shame, hiding. I'm ashamed of who I am and I want to hide myself. So they make, you know, they make uh, loincloths, fig leaves to cover themselves. And then they physically go and hide when they're supposed to be, usually would be walking with God in the cool of the day. They're hiding in the, in the, in the bushes. And God, does God know where they are? Yes. Yes, he knows everything. So... God's not asking for information here. This is a gracious question. He's saying, where are you, my beloved? Where are you, my son? Where are you, my daughter? Come to me. I, I, we're separated, and that's not right. So God doesn't destroy them on the spot. And he asks them a question rather than just you know, giving them the business. This is grace right here. This is undeserved favor from God. But what we see here at, in, at work is how sin and shame come into the picture. It separates people. It separates us from God. It sends us into hiding from each other to be isolated. It, sees, it causes us to be absent in the present. It causes us to despise the place that we're in and our limitations, how God has made us. And as we hear later in chapter 3, it causes the ground to be cursed. The earth is cursed because of our sin, because of Adam and Eve's sin and ours. The earth is broken. Things don't function the way they should. Relationships in the world and nations and uh, even created things don't work like they should, like poison ivy, right? What should we do? 
if you had poison ivy. I don't know if that that would change if. Uh, I, that's a, those are, we could go on with those questions, but we don't know. Great question. This is the, you know it could make your head hurt when you start thinking about it. It's a never But God is calling out to you. He's calling out to me, saying, "Where are you?" Because you are all physically, geographically in a place at all times. Where are you? Pay attention to where you are. You're also in a place spiritually in relationship to him. Where are you? Are you hiding in your sin and your shame? Or are you moving towards him to have your sin and shame removed? Because that's what we talked, uh, John uh, talked about last night is um, we can have peace with God through Christ alone. That he removes our sin and our shame and he gives us righteousness so that we can be before the Lord. And God is asking us this question, where are you? Where are you? Um, I, think, uh, I think we're out of time, but you guys can maybe write down these questions I'm going to put up here. And think about them maybe later today or this evening. Um, what aspect of life before the fall and in Genesis 1 and 2 appeals to you most and why? What's something that seemed like, ooh, that would have been nice, that would be good. How, and second question, how does sin cause shame? And how does sin and shame separate us from each other and keep us on the run and hiding? Third question, how is the world not right? What, what ways do you see that the world is just not the way it's supposed to be? You guys see that as you look around and you hear about stuff, but you, I know you guys know that in your own life. There's things that have happened to you. There's things that have happened in your family, in your school, in your church, that you see it just that's not the way it's supposed to be. Um, and then maybe uh, with, a, with a buddy, share some personal examples of when you felt like you were being missed by others, where they were missing you in the, in the moment, or you were missing them. You know, when I say missing, I mean like, um, you know, uh, you were absent with each other. Yeah, yeah. Or it could be something more casual, like, you're, like a, you know, Wally's trying to get their attention, and they're just like not paying attention. It could be something like that. But that really hurts, though, when you're really trying to connect with somebody and they're just not there. Or when we do that to other people, we don't even realize it sometimes. Um, so maybe think about that. So what are some personal examples of that where you've experienced um, some of the stuff we talked about today? Um, so today was a little bit more of a bummer. We're going to hear more and more of the good news in the, in the next two days. And I'm excited to get to spend that time with you guys. But let me pray for us um, to close out our time together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that in all of this, as we see our sin, our brokenness, our shame, how we're absent in the present, how we are discontent so often with the place you've put us in or the limitations you've given us as your creatures. We thank you that there's hope in your word. There's hope in, in Jesus to um, move out of that and to move to a, a, a place of greater health and joy, um, and um, hoping and longing for the world as it will be. Um, we thank you that that's the end of the story, um, that things will not always be the way they are now, but we have a great hope of the new heavens and the new earth and our resurrected bodies that are given to us by our resurrected King and Lord Jesus. Uh, we pray in his name. Amen.